So, I was talking to the Lord this morning. I said, good morning, Lord. The Lord said, good morning, Mark. I go, Lord. He goes, Mark, is there something on your mind? I'm like, Lord, you know there is. You know all things. He said, well, what's, what's on your mind? What's troubling you? I said, well, God... You know that I am a huge fan of the Romans, the book of Romans. I love the book of Romans. Huge fan of the book of Romans. He's like, so what's the problem? Well, Lord, recently I've been putting a lot of time into Luke, and I'm just having this newfound love for the book of Luke. And there's people that that are telling me that I, I have to choose, that I can't like the book of Romans if I like the book of Luke and vice versa and the Lord said Mark I like both of them and so you can like both of them too hello my name is Mark and I'm a Raiders fan and the Lord has told me that I can like both the Raiders and the Broncos Okay, God's good with it. So I got the black up top, I got the blue right here, and I got the alternating shoes. And just so we're, we're clear, God is cool with Hawk. God is cool with it. He is good with it. He said he loves them all. So that said, that said, I'll be rooting for the Raiders this week, but I won't be crushed when the Broncos beat them by 27. Yeah. Uh, If you are a guest with us, my name is Mark. Uh, This is my wife, Kara. We're the lead pastors here at Impact Rock, and we don't take ourselves too seriously, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Praise the Lord. (laughs) God is good. Man, during worship, His presence was just here. It was awesome. Um, so let's just jump right in and, and stay in that place of the Lord uh, and continue in what he has for us, okay? Let's pray. Uh, Lord, we thank you for your goodness, for your faithfulness. Lord, we thank you for your love and your presence. Lord, we thank you that we walk into this place, that we walked into your presence, and it's your presence that changes. It's your presence that evokes the response of yes. Yes, Lord, I will follow you. Holy Spirit, we say have your way. Have your way in this place. Lord, I yield to you as an act of my will. I yield to you. And I say, Holy Spirit, do what you want to do. Have your way. Touch hearts. Change lives. Break chains. Bring freedom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I started off talking about football, and ironically enough, I have a little story about football to start us off tonight. The football that most of us are used to, is uh, is 11-man football, 11-on-11, 11 11-on-offense, 11, 11 on 11-on-defense. 11 on That's what the big high schools play. That's what they play in college and the pros. But there are uh, places in smaller towns where they play 8-man football because they just don't have enough people to field uh, a football team with 11 starters, and so they play 8-man ball. So that is the setting of, of my story. I want to tell you a story about a coach, a recruiter, and a boy that could lead a team, that would lead a team to an unprecedented victory. There was a man, 
a recruiter, if you will. And he was tasked with picking the best team that he could pick. And he was given this responsibility from the coach. The coach said, you know me, you know my offense, you know what I want to achieve, you know what I want to do defensively, you know what I'm looking for, go out and pick the best team possible. This recruiter, uh, he had the nickname Sticky Sam, because whatever Sam set his mind to do, whatever task, whatever job he was given to do, he would do it, he would stick with it until the job was done. Sam knew exactly what the coach was looking for. And believe me, coach was quite clear and insistent about what he needed and what he wanted to build his team around. So he, coach communicated emphatically to Sam, do not come back until you've brought me my team. And, and specifically, don't come back until you've brought me a quarterback. I need someone to lead my team. I, you, you know what I'm looking for. So coach sent him to a specific family. This uh, man had lots of boys, lots of sons, and said, go, go to that house because they have a reputation for being tough, for being strong, for having endurance, for being smart. Go there because while you're there, um, that's the best shot you have. That's where you're going to find my quarterback. I'm certain of it. So Sam got it, and he set out to do it. So when he got there, the father had seven of his sons out there lined up and good-looking boys. Man, good-looking. He's like, oh, Sticky Sam was thrilled. He's like, oh, my gosh, look at these look at these young men and just had visions of, of who he was going to build the team around. But as he was looking, he was remembering the criteria of the coach and the things the coach had told him. And they're these strong, strapping, good-looking men, young men, and he looks at all of them and goes, I don't think so. And the father, his name was Jesse. He's like, what do you mean, no? What do you mean? Look at my boys. He's like, that, that's not, it's not them. And he's like, what, what's, what's not good about them? I, nothing's not good about them. I think we can build the team around them, but this isn't, this isn't the one who's going to lead the team. And he would, Sam was just beside himself. He's like, don't you have any, do you, do you have any other kids? This is it. And he goes, well, yeah, I do. I, I have one other, but Sam's like, are you kidding me? I told you I wanted all the sons and you, well, go get the other one. We ain't doing nothing to you. Go get the other one. Go get the other son. So Sam's a little frustrated. He's waiting. And here comes the last son, smaller, kind of a pretty boy, good looking kid. Ready. And immediately, Sam's like, that's QB1. That's the guy. Dad's like, are you sure? Because he doesn't have the arm. He doesn't have the experience. He doesn't have the leadership. Sam said, that's, that's the quarterback. <coughs> the father finally yielded and said, okay. If Davy's the one you want, Davy's the one you get. And he said, well, actually, I want all the boys, but I need him to lead the team. That's the one that coach told me to come out here and get. I'll jump ahead in the story. Despite being small, despite being inexperienced, young Davey had the heart of a warrior, had the heart of a champion. And he was small. He didn't look like he fit out there. As a matter of fact, they even put all the equipment on him. 
and it just didn't fit. They had to go, they had to go to the middle school and, and get uniform that fit. And wouldn't you know it, on the first week of the year, this small eight-man school, not only is going up against a worthy foe, but they're going up against the best team in the state in any division. An 11-man team that's only going to put eight guys on the field, the defending state champ, and that's the week one matchup. This team, this dominant team, Anybody have an idea what the name of the team was? The Giants. They were the Giants. You've heard the story? Have you heard the story? It's a famous story. Everyone around here knows it. That a stud middle linebacker guy was a beast. An absolute beast. Uh, I don't remember his name. Started with a G or something. But that's irrelevant because he's not important. But if you've heard the story, you know how it goes. Little Davey led his team was a champion, was fierce. Led his team to victory. I'm sure you saw that coming. Like any good Hollywood story, you had to have seen that coming. So you, you might say he slayed the Giants. Just destroyed him. Wasn't even a close game. Despite the rough start, this team was a team of destiny. Despite the rough start, this young man was a man of destiny. Called to great things. A destiny that was so much bigger than this first battle. Despite the stories that this first battle evoked and and were told about this, this wasn't the defining point of his life and his career and his his destiny. It was only the start. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16. In case the story sounded familiar but you didn't know exactly how familiar, we'll just go ahead and go over it because it's in the Word of God. Verse 1 of 1 Samuel 16. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long would you grieve over Saul since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. And I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have selected a king for myself among his sons. We're going to drop down to verse 4. So Samuel did what the Lord said and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the city came, trembling to meet him and said, Do you come in peace? He said, I I come in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. He also consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they entered... He looked at Eliab, Jesse's oldest son, and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For God looks at the outward, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab, and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Next, Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Thus, Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. 
And Samuel said to Jesse, Are these all the children? And he said, This is Jesse's response, There remains yet the youngest, and behold, he is tending the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes. David had seven older brothers. He was the youngest of eight sons. And David was totally omitted by his father. Totally excluded by his dad. When Samuel asked for the presentation of sons, Samuel knew that Israel's next king was going to be in this lineup. David was purposefully left out of that lineup. Intentionally excluded. But check this out. That wasn't the only thing that David was excluded from. Let's look at verse 5. He said, we've already read this. He said, in peace I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. He also consecrated Jesse and who? His sons and invited them to the sacrifice, right? All of his sons. Jesse went to the, the great lengths that he excluded his son from the blessing from the setting apart, from the consecration, and then from the sacrifice. The town came in, they, they came in fear, because they knew that, that Samuel was with the king, with Saul, but God had sent Samuel on another mission, going, he is king no longer in my eyes, I have another king. Samuel was temporarily afraid for his life, and God's like, don't, don't be afraid, go. So when he shows up, the town was afraid, like, when the king sends a messenger, usually the result is death, and he's like, no, no, I've come in peace, let's make a sacrifice to the Lord. Jesse brings all of his sons except David to that. David is excluded from the sacrifice. He is excluded from the, the, the prayer, the, the consecration, the setting apart. And then he was excluded from the lineup. Why did Jesse exclude David? Why did he not mention David to Samuel and include him with his other sons? Perhaps Jesse excluded his youngest son because he was his youngest son. Because of his age. Figuring, you know, it didn't really apply to him. That's ignorance. Sometimes we're excluded just simply out of ignorance. <coughs> Perhaps Jesse loved David the most. Perhaps he did. Perhaps it wasn't any bad motive other than love. He loved him the most. And perhaps he babied David. And he feared. This is a tough job. This is a dangerous job. And I don't want my most beloved, my little pretty boy, I don't want him in harm's way. So perhaps the motives were good. Or at least that's what the appearance was. But we call that fear. Sometimes we're excluded and left out because of fear. Perhaps he assumed, this is Jesse, that he knew what was best. He knew that it was going to be one of the seven older sons. He just figured he knew best. That's pride. 
Sometimes we are excluded and left out and ignored because of pride. Maybe Jesse believed that it was inappropriate for his youngest son to even be considered because he hadn't paid the price yet. You see, he was the youngest. And the oldest have accomplished much more. And they had done much more. And they had paid the price. They had done the work. One of them deserved it. That is called religious tradition. When it's based on what we deserve and don't deserve. we based, based on what we do and what we've accomplished and haven't accomplished. Perhaps it was just as simple as out of sight, out of mind. Good Lord, he had eight sons. I don't, he didn't notice the youngest was out in the field working while the others were... That's called negligence. Sometimes we're just negligent and men are just negligent. Perhaps Jesse needed David's work. Perhaps David was the best shepherd ever. We know that David as a shepherd killed the lion, killed the bear, protected the sheep. Perhaps he was so good at what he did that Jesse said, I I can't afford to lose him. I need him. I need him. I don't know what I'll do without him, so I'm going to keep him to myself. That is called what? Selfishness. Imagine the follow-up question asked by Samuel. And thank God for the spiritual discernment. But the follow-up question of, are these all your children? Well, I do have one more, but you couldn't possibly want him. Can you imagine the rejection? Can you imagine the rejection of the exclusion of this? The fact that he wasn't even considered. He was bypassed, wasn't even given the chance to be rejected because his father rejected him already. His father disqualified him before the man of God could even have a chance to say yes or no. Can you imagine the rejection? Regardless of Jesse's reason, can you imagine not even being mentioned or included by your father? For some of you, that answer is yes. Yeah, Mark. I can't imagine that. Yeah. That's not a stretch for me to imagine that. I understand rejection. Yes. I can imagine that. I understand exclusion. I understand being ignored. Maybe you even understand it because it was your father. Maybe it was your father that excluded you or ignored you. Maybe it was your mother. Maybe it was a friend. Maybe it was a relative. Maybe it was a boss. But most of us have experienced rejection, exclusion, and being completely ignored. But some have definitely experienced it stronger than others. We're talking about identity tonight. Identity and destiny. Identity and destiny. God made sure that David was not left out. He made sure that Samuel asked the follow-up question, did you have any other children? God made sure that David was not left out. And guess what? 
God makes sure that you are not left out either. He makes sure that you and I are not lost in the shuffle as well. And I want you to know this. Just as God's people needed David because they needed a godly king, God's people need you. And some of those people are his lost who have yet to even give their lives to him. But you are needed. You are needed by the king. You are needed by our Lord. You are needed by the coach. Verse 12. So he sent and brought him in. Now he, that means David, was ready with beautiful eyes, pretty boy, and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. From that day forward. From that day forward. Friends, when we experience rejection like we we read about just now, what does the enemy want that to be? The end. Right? The end. The end of your life, the end of your hope, the end of your destiny. What has God already made the way for it to be? The beginning. From this day forward, it's the beginning. When we have hardships, the enemy wants it for harm. You guys, I know a lot of us have had hurts that we have buried because it's easier. It's easier to bury. We have hurts that we've just forgotten about and that we've pushed aside and that we haven't dealt with and we haven't given to God because it's hard, guys. It is hard facing them and remembering the rejection and the exclusion and the pain. But I'm here to say, if we do that, we never get to experience the awesome new beginning and the, and the day after day full of this day forwards that God has for us. Tomorrow morning, guess what? This day forward. Next day, guess what? This day forward. Every day a new day. The Bible says His mercies are new every morning. We don't even greet the day before His mercies get there. I don't care how early you get up. John and Sharon get up ridiculously early. Before they get up, God's mercies are already there to greet them. Brand new. We're here to talk about identity and destiny. And I'm here to say our destiny is not hindered by our past hurts. Not if we look to Jesus Christ. Our destiny is great in the Lord, but we cannot let the past hurts and the rejection and all those things be the defining things. Let me ask you this. Do we ever see David make reference to this exclusion, to this rejection? Do we ever see any reference of it? You know why? Because we're too busy reading 
the writing of his victories, the way that he slayed the giant, the way that he stood there and said, you will not come against my God. And even though he was a boy, he stood there before men and slayed the giant. And then we see about him being a godly, righteous king. Now we see about him being flawed and, and sinning, but being a quick, quick to repent and quick to say, Lord, I need you. What is, what is David's destiny? Godly king of Israel. Saul was not the king that God wanted. David was. We see a worship leading pioneer in David who wrote the book of Psalms and from which we still sing and worship God because of the vulnerability and the honesty and the faith written in those pages. We see a man that was an ancestor to Jesus Christ himself. Both on Joseph and Mary's side. His destiny doesn't even include... Have you ever even heard a message preached on this rejection before? No, probably not. Because that's not what defined him. And it's not what defines you and I either. Not if we keep our eyes on Jesus Christ and we say yes to him and we move according to his power. If we let his mercies be new this morning. Philippians chapter 3. There's an amazing verse. We're going to read 12 through 14. Philippians 3.12. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things. Or that I have already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Davy was a man of destiny. But he's not the one that the Lord has put on my heart to go find tonight. See, I'm the recruiter tonight. I'm Sam. And I'm here to tell you the destiny that he has for you is great. I'm here to come encourage you to get in the fight, to get in the race, to say yes to him, to not disqualify yourself and to remind you, ain't no way that your father in heaven has disqualified you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care the sin in your life. I don't care the sin you did 20 minutes ago. I don't care if you went to the bathroom, sinned, and then came back in here. His mercy is awesome. His power is awesome. And He has called you and He has called me. And it's not because of anything we've done. Because that's what? That's religious tradition. It's out of His perfect love. Guys, I, I don't know. I don't know the ways that you've been rejected or excluded. I don't know what your Father in Heaven does. And I know this. 
He is our healer. Jesus Christ is our healer, our savior, our deliverer. Deliverer. That means that if, if those hurts have kept you in bondage and, and you've got chains on your heart, on your mind, on your life, Jesus Christ is the deliverer to break those chains. Every chain, every chain, every chain. He is the healer. He's not just the healer if you have a broken arm or a broken leg or if you're blind. And he's not just the healer for the physical. He is the healer for the emotional. He is the healer for the mental. He is the healer completely. He is the Savior. We have to first acknowledge we need a Savior. But you know what? If we've been hurt, if we've been bound, and if we've been lost, that's really not that hard to do. Say, I'm in need of a Savior. And Jesus Christ is that Savior. In prayer and in preparation for this night, Jesus made it so abundantly clear that His Father sees and has called a room full of men and women of destiny, full of boys and girls of destiny, who despite a rough start that included exclusion, that included rejection, that included abandonment, that included hurt, that included betrayal, that included disillusionment, that included failure, that included all these things. That those things aren't the things that define you, but they are meant to be a starting point as you walk into your destiny. Guys, please don't put limits on God and what He can do through you, what He wants to do through you and what He is called to do through you. God doesn't see the ruddy little boy. He sees the heart of a warrior. He sees the champion of His army. He sees the victorious king, the godly worshiper, the writer of songs to Him. What can we accomplish tomorrow if we'll let go of yesterday? What can we accomplish? What can you accomplish tomorrow and for tomorrow's tomorrows if you'll just let go of yesterday and press on to the higher calling, the higher prize of Jesus Christ? Amen? So here's what, here's what this message requires. If you... If you've been fighting back tears the whole time, it requires you to let the Lord heal you. Right? If you've been fighting back hurt the whole time and trying to suppress memories the whole time, it requires that you say yes to Him and let Him heal you. If that's you, I just want you to stand to your feet right now where you are. As a declaration, I'm getting healed tonight. I'm getting a touch from God tonight. I'm moving forward tonight. Is there anyone else, friends? There's no shame in this. You guys, there's no shame in this. Our God is here to heal and He is faithful. The standing up is a declaration. The standing up is being honest with yourself. 
Forget the rest of the room. It's between you and God. Is there anyone else? I forget the past. And I look forward to what lies ahead. I forget the past. And I look forward to what lies ahead.